Hi, it's Martin here, also known as Plu in the running world, and I'm with Kevin, who's also known as Brick in the running world. How are you? Good, mate. That's yeah. good, yeah. Now, um, I want to talk to you about ultra running. How many ultra marathons do you reckon you've done now? Um, I think I've done about 78. 78. So that's anything over 42. How many of them would be like double marathons or triple marathons? Um, I've done 12 six-foot, yeah, 12 six-foots, and the rest would be... 100k 100 miles up to six day races so i didn't know about the six day races let's go back to the one that i do and not know a fair bit about and they don't have the race anymore it's in december each year um and it's the um coast of cozy coast of cozy yeah. how many times have you done that one uh, i've done coast of cozy 11 times 11 oh my god <laughs> so many what um what's the race for people at home who never heard of it Coast of Cozy starts at Eden it's, um, and goes to the top of Kosciuszko. Um, it, uh, it's 240 kilometres, so you just start right on the beach, uh, run through the bush and then run on roads and trail and everything else. All the way, you're supported by friends in cars, um, dropping off food for you every, wherever you want, for every 5k or so. And it's, um, it was an iconic race in Australia. Um, it's mm. not happened for the last two years, which is a bit upsetting. But it is a bit sad, isn't it? The um, and it's changed because I remember those early days when people like um, Sean Greenhill and all those, you know, yeah, the, you know they were doing it. Greenhill, not Greenhill, is it? Yeah. Greenhill, yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah, um, they were doing all those runs sort of unofficially, and um, the first three years it was a what was called a fat ass run. Yeah, that's right. So. It was basically testing out to see whether this thing would work as a race. Yeah. Um, and they did it for three years, as I say. Uh, they just they, they just go out and a load of friends go out and run the course. Yeah. They time themselves. They still have support crew in a car, mm. dropping off food and water to them, and they take as long as they want and just go out and do it as friends. Yeah. yeah cool. No, that was that, that 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 was a good day because I remember we um I remember that we were recording phone calls on the road trying to work out where people were and i remember one particular year thebes martin was out front and he was with someone and they weren't answering the phone call because they didn't want people to know where they all were (laughs) (laughs) in the race like that so it was quite funny like that um it's a bit of a imposition or a, a burden but people love it to be a support crew who are your support crews each year um uh well i had john i've a load of friends which were all to do with SMC, yeah, which is Sydney Marathon Clinic. Yeah. Um, and they all came out. It was a mixture of different people. There was John, Carol, Greg, um, who else? Colin and a few others. And it was like, and they all came out and they were always there every year. John did every single year. I think Carol did about seven or eight years with me. Mm. And it's like, you're amazed that these people will come out and support you all the time. They loved the race, though, as much as I did. John had all the gear, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. He's, and he just he kept improving every time. <laughs> his his ute had changed. It would just keep getting better and better, and he'd just have it so you'd, you'd flip up a tray here, there, and everywhere, and suddenly you'd be able to cook a meal, and you'd mm. be able to do everything wherever you wanted. It was so easily set up, well set up. Okay. Was that... Your longest race you've done? No, it's not my longest race. My longest race is a six-day race I did in Adelaide. 
four years ago you were saying earlier on about four or five years ago something like that yeah Deary me so that's different again is it one lap of an oval or what was it what it was is um around the racetrack in close to the middle of adelaide it's um it used to be i think a go-kart track or some sort of racetrack because it was a mostly bitumen and bits of concrete um about 1.1 kilometers around the track itself and you just run as far as you can as long as you can for six days you have sleep when you want to sleep rest when you want to rest and just eat whenever you can run as far as you can and just keep going really so how much sleep did you have in six days um i'd usually get about one or two hours sleep a day um, one or two hours that's all yeah that's about as much as i could allow myself so i was i was actually by day three i was actually winning um and then i ended up with second place um with 719 k's but i had a little issue in the last i was off track for the last six hours because i ended up going in hospital um because i noticed there was blood coming up in the phlegm in the mm. morning so because of going it's very hot and dry in adelaide and i didn't know what it was so i just took myself off to hospital and it's um and they found out all i had was a my back of my throat was a bit cracked because it was mm. so dry so i could have actually carried on it wasn't life-threatening but i ended up being second because i missed the last six hours of the race so, so um you got to look after yourself out there because you're going to have all sorts of issues. I was going to ask you some health questions, but I won't go there just yet. So 700 Ks in six days, you're doing 100 and something Ks a day, aren't yes. you? Yeah. And, and, you, and you're saying maybe 20 hours of running was stopping and the two hours sleep? Yeah, something like that. 20, 21 hours of running, walking. And for just over 100 Ks. So you're, you're doing two and a half marathons every day for seven days straight. Yeah. You touched on just there... Um, uh, health issues on the run. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a six k six day race. What are some of the the health issues that you hear? You're prepared to share that ultra runners <laughs> have to deal with. I did say you're prepared to share. <laughs> Mind you, just, it, a, you're, you're sitting here with a knee brace on. <laughs> let me tell you. <laughs> yeah, well, yesterday I I tore my quad tendon in my left leg, so. It's um on a trail run, local trail run around here, so that's that's not the best. Um, I also run around at Barara. I broke, I landed on, I fell over and landed on my left little finger, and I shattered the knuckle on that. Um, so they're little things which just they're just speed bumps. I had one really bad one, which Plutus looked at the <laughs> scar in my right knee. Um, <laughs> And that was when I was doing a race called, um, well, it was called the North Face. It's now called UTA or mm. Ultra Trail Australia. It's a hundred kilometer race in the Blue Mountains. And I, um, I snapped my patella and a hundred percent rupture of the quad tendon in my right leg. Um, I got helicoptered out a little bit. So a little bit, I remember, um, I wasn't following the race, but I do remember hearing the news that, um, a runner was helicoptered out of the Blue Mountains during the race. And then I think I saw on Facebook, maybe even that day, you know, there was a photo of you before you were helicoptered out, but it appeared later, I guess. Yeah. And um, that's a decent scar. It's, what is it? It's about how many inches long? 
it's almost six inches long. Yeah, a good six inches. And it goes right from the the quad over the knee down towards the shin bone. Mm-hmm. And then as um as um Brick was just talking, he pulled his little pinky out and it's bent as well. <laughs> That's from the fall of Barara, is it? Yeah, that one is. Yeah. That's the the knuckle. You wouldn't think you get hand injuries in the rest of it. <laughs> so they're all the external ones. What about in the race itself? Um, dehydration, renal failure, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, well, people used to take um, painkillers and everything else, so they try. You're better off not taking any painkillers at all or any of that sort of stuff, because your body shuts down a little bit and you do get dehydrated. Mm. And if you get dehydrated and you take things like ibuprofen, then that's really bad for your kidneys and everything else. So you just got to make sure when you're doing ultras, you keep drinking, you keep eating, you keep your you keep all your electrolytes in the right places and everything else. It's like I use a powder called Tailwind, which is um, something I use all the time. It keeps me electrolytes and gives me most of my carbs mm. for the whole run. So I just can keep drinking that and then that gives everything else. Every Other people do other things. They'll, they'll drink um, other sort of electrolyte carbohydrate drinks and some people have sandwiches and bananas and everything else and chips do you eat food or you you're... i do sometimes not very often i don't um once you're doing longer races like 100 mile races i tend to eat a little bit more food and on coaster cozy i've done coaster cozy just on tailwind mm-hmm. i've also done it just on food um wow so you've done like, probably 40 hours just on drink on coaster cozy coaster cozy oh, the longest i've taken is 36 and a half so i'm just on drink do you mean, no, I can't solids. imagine that. It just, I don't know how your gut handles it. You get used uh, to it. Tailwind's pretty good. Is it? Right. It's one of the better ones. So I, well, that's why I use it. Yeah, no, that's it's, good. Um, but you're not, either, you're not, you are, t- in my view, towards the elite, but you're not professional or sponsored or anything, are you? No, no. You're just no, doing your own no, thing. No, I just do my own thing. Doing your own thing, that's right. Um, what's next for you once you get the knee fixed? Oh, uh, well, I still, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I've got the MRI tomorrow on it. And well, I've still got six foot track in four weeks time, so it, that might be a bit of a push. Mm. Um, and then I've got UTA again in May, and if this knees, if this leg isn't so bad, then I'm gonna do something called a Bob Graham round. Oh, you going to England for the second time? I attempted it last year, but it was there was too much snow and too much water and too the bogs were a bit too deep. It's a very different race than anything raced in Australia. It's a crazy race. All right, then. Well, I, I, Brick, I, I was the first thing I read with ultra running in 2004. I got a book about that, the Bob Graham Round, and I read it. Do you want to tell us what it's about, how it works? Uh, the Bob Graham Round's up in the, up in the Lake District in the UK. Um, it's, you've got to do 42 peaks around Keswick, basically, and do a circumnavigate Keswick um, in sub-24 hours. So you're running from one top of one hill down the other side, up the other side to the top of the next hill. Um, there's no trails. Mm. It's you're running through bogs. You well, we were running through snow as well because all the peaks had snow. So bogs are like um, wetlands. Is that right? Yeah, up okay. to your knees. Up plus, to your knees up, in at mud, least up to your knees. Yeah, yeah. in okay. mud. Running through mud up mm. to your knees. Mm. It was freezing cold, and but it was brilliant fun. It was such good fun. That's why I want to go back. And to to 
to become a Bob Graham round person, you actually have to have someone to verify you've gone to the top of each peak. Yeah, you've got to have you've got to have somebody to ratify your peaks, each peak. So somebody signs off that they were there with you mm. on each peak, every single peak. Because I saw a few years ago, Killian did it. Yeah, he did it two years ago now, I think it is. And broke the record and had people around there supporting him. And that record was there for 30-something years. Yeah, for, memory. for a long, long time. Long, so long time. It's been going for quite a long time. It's been going since the 60s. Mm. Um, the first time somebody decided to do it was Bob Graham. And, it's, um, and he went round and... People couldn't believe you could do that in sub-24 hours. Yeah, because I, I read something. There was a guy in the 30s and he turned 40 and he tried it once when he was 40 and couldn't get round 40 peaks on his 40th birthday, but he eventually got round 42 peaks on his 42nd birthday. Mm-hmm. That's what I read historically, yeah. where it came from. And then it became just continuous. They but there's still the not that many people done it in in. In the world, there's not really that many people done it. It is quite hard. Yeah. There's um, they do do winter rounds as well, so they do it do it in winter as mm. well. It's um, in the mid season is hard when it's not frozen solid, when it's the bogs are deep and, mm. and wet and everything else. It, um, yeah, I had a friend who was supposed to be doing it last weekend, but they just had floods over in the UK, the same as we did here. Oh, really? At the same time, so he. He um, piped on that because so when he just wouldn't have got it. So when are you planning to go? Um, end of June, July. Oh, I'm just going to miss you. Jenny and I got long service leave for the first time with the stars have aligned in 36 years. And I'm flying into England um, on the 29th of April and we're flying out of Dublin on the 29th of May. And I want to go to Keswick and Skiddo. Skid- Skidoo. Yeah. That's yeah. the first peak, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. How long is that going to take me to go to the top and back to Keswick? Oh, it's not that bad. That's is it? Will I get lost? Um, no, that's got a trail going up, the footpath going all the way up. Because when you say they don't have trails, they're not like the bush here. It's sort of like open country, isn't it? Yeah, there's no footpath. You won't be following a, foot, a, a, a mud footpath for most of it. Some mm. of it you do follow. You can be on a path or, or mm. it would look more like a um, kangaroo trail sort of mm-hmm. thing. So... But that one's actually, to get to the top of there, it's actually got a proper trail. You can go all the way to the summit on a trail. So it's actually that one. marked. Yeah. And so on paper, it looks like it's about five miles or something like that. Yeah. I don't know. How long would it it's take not... you, you reckon, to get up there? Um, I can't remember can't how remember. long it took me. You went so that I did direction. it in October. Yeah, we, went, we went, started that and straight up there first. And it was raining when we did that. And then there was snow on the top, as I said. So no. And you went in it was October. Oh, it was October, yeah. All right, then. All right, I'll do some homework. I'm just going to do... My goal is to do one of the peaks. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I can do. All right, well, that's what you've got wrapped up for at the moment. Um, when you get yourself better, what's in, in, down the track for you? If you don't mind, how old are you and how many years you've been running? Um, oh, I'm 56 yep. this year. Yeah, when did you start and, running? Um, I've always been running, really. Yeah. And then I did Ironman for a while and then I did... Um, adventure racing for a while and mm. it's like got to do something it's all good fun yeah because they say you use it or lose it yeah exactly <laughs> exactly and i don't think i'm very I'm, I'm not that slow so i run okay for an for an older bloke no nah, no you so. run well but as you start slowing down or doing other things have you heard of speed packing and things like that are you tempted to try that sort of like the appalachian fast packing, fast packing sorry yeah. appalachian trail the pacific crest trail or anything like that yeah, if my running, if I, if I, if I, 
lacking the running again, then I might go and do some fast packing, but um, not at the moment because I'm still, I'm still in competitive in my certainly in my age group Definitely. and even and even in the race itself in some races I do pretty well. Mm. I came equal third last year at a hundred miler. Which one so was that one? That was the Hume Hovel. Oh um, yeah, that'd be nice down there. And that was pretty good. So it's um, two of us spent a few hours. About 10 hours together, so we finished together, which is good for equal third. Okay, that's good. So um, just tell us what fast packing is. How's it work? Fast packing is generally it's no support, and you carry a backpack, um, anything usually about 30 to 40 litres backpack with all your safety gear in, um, clothes for any sort of weather, because when you most of them are done in... Um, alpine areas a lot of the fast packing people I know do stuff they'll be in alpine areas or very very remote areas so you have to take all you got to be ready for rain wind hail shine mm-hmm. sunshine the whole lot and they'll carry their own water and they'll carry their own food they might get some places where you can pick up food and water but a lot of the time you're carrying most of it yourself yeah. for, for, for the majority of the trail. And and if you're in places like Europe and that, there might be villages a bit more closely. Yeah, then you can pick up a little bit. You can pick up food and water often, but you, but once you go to once you go into Europe, if you're in France or Switzerland, fast packing, then or in America is the same. You, there's more villages and towns, but mm. you're going up some pretty big mountains. Right, so there's time so, on your feet anyway. Yeah. So there's one other concept I wanted to, to talk to you about. It's called the fastest known time, FKT. Have you heard of that before? No. The expression. They have these races um, around in different parts of the world. So they have, um, you said before, the winter the winter Bob Graham round, and mm-hmm. they have the fastest known time. They might have the record yeah. for it, but they also have different races where you might have fastest known time for um running the pacific crest trail yeah yeah, or something like Mm -hmm. that so i reckon we could do sort of things like that i'd like to know what the fkt would be for quarry road for example oh there's people done quarry road in about 51 minutes or something like that 51 minutes. minutes yeah and then there's other bits as well if um if you were going to say run the trail out of bob and head up to the top of you know mount Kohler or something the fastest snowest time for that sort of thing. You go up the hill and then along the highway. Yeah. It's easy with cycling because you've got Strava and those sorts of things you can well, put up. We've got a lot of the stuff's on Strava now anyway as mm. well for the running segments. Yeah. So they have the running segments around and a lot of the race and a lot of the courses. Yep. So Strava and, and the running segments would still have all the times, That's most of that. the times yeah. for the running. Yeah. Because so, most people nowadays are still using GPSs. So. Yeah, they are. That's right. Well, I think that'll do. That's 15 minutes. I reckon we could do another session another time, but why don't we stop there? <laughs> no worries. Thanks for your time. Brick, Kevin. No worries, mate.